Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Andrew Kreider, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Robert Luke, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. And I'm Jeff Lee, Editor of Cargo Facts. I was out last week, so we have a lot to catch up on. Very excited reporting from my hometown in Richmond, Virginia, where a Antonov Airlines AN124 visited earlier this week, delivering a 70,000-pound generator for local Dominion Energy. Always made for exciting bit of plane spotting. But this week was a week of first for many airlines, many AOCs, and uh, deliveries of sorts. Uh, we... We'll have more information next week, hopefully about a uh, new conversion line that will have its first delivery on a, on a new continent um, for conversion lines, if that's not saying too much, uh, as well as um, a brand new uh, uh, AOC being set up, finally finding out who will win the race to be the first domestically owned freighter airline in Vietnam. We'll have more on that next week. I want to spin it to to Robert, um, who has more he headlines with the popular 737-800-BCF. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the transition. It was real smooth, my man. Uh, in the 737-800-BCFs, the headlines for transaction this week, uh, Goal was taking delivery of its first 737 next-gen conversion on lease from aircraft, making its uh, debut with an all with the all-yellow uh, color paint scheme. It was uh, introduced uh, down in Brazil and began operations on behalf of Mercado Libre. Salt Chuck Aviation added a little spice uh, to the transactions this week. Uh, the parent company of Northern Air Cargo received its first 737-800 on lease from Aero Capital Solutions. And last but not least, Chisholm Enterprise, the uh, known parent company of Texel Air, took delivery of its second 737-800-BCF to provide ACMI support for DHL out of Bahrain. That's all we have for this week on the uh, Boeing front in regards to major headlining transactions. Uh, we will go ahead and uh, ask Jeff, what other aircraft can you provide on the, on, on the cargo fax on? Uh, well, let me just add a few more and actually, um, these weren't all BCFs, like the uh, Aero Capital Solutions and Northern Air Cargo, that was an SF, but um, those aren't all the 737-800s. Um, Bluebird Nordic in Iceland just officially took delivery of its third BCF on lease from uh, affiliate company Evia AM Leasing. And interestingly, Air Explore, based in Slovakia, um, is now officially going to be the operator of um, its first 737-800 BCF as well. That's on lease from BBAM, and um, they told us earlier this year that they're going to be operating that on behalf of a logistics company called RDS Cargo Group. Um, and then we had a rather interesting story um, from China, and of course, as we know, the HNA Group um, is keen to, to expand its 737-800 freighter fleet and uh, Tianjin Air Cargo looks like um, it's going to be adding a few more of those. Um, but 767s also occupied much of our time this week. I um, mean, we saw quite a few movements. So SF Airlines in China, 
took its 16th 767-300 BCF um, and, and sent another one to conversion. Um, and it already has a few others in conversion too. So um, it will definitely be adding more by the end of this year and certainly in the months to come. Um, and it's already the largest operator of, of that particular type. Um, meanwhile, DHL and ATSG's uh, cargo aircraft management also continue to send more feedstock 767-300ERs for conversion, um, in this case in Guangzhou and Tel Aviv. Um, and also, yeah, their flight service, the uh, the company that has been operating A330-200 passenger reconfigured passenger freighters, they told us, I mean, we knew that they had acquired uh, one or two 767-300ERs, but um, and we had been wondering what exactly they were going to do with those. Uh, now they had placed one of these um, on lease with iAero Airways, but now they've actually decided that they do want to move further into the, the freighter market and convert this one into a full freighter. Um, and they are going to do that with IAI, um, but not in Tel Aviv at the Mexicana MRO facility in Mexico City. Um, so that they expect that to come out of conversion uh, around mid next year. And um, they have the option to convert a second one. Um, so we'll see what they do with those because they do have, um, they're looking at various ideas. They can either dry lease these freighters out, they can operate them on wet lease uh, or they can sell them. Um, and of course, they on the A330s, they um, they acquired a major stake in Malta-based Malef Aero. So yeah, we'll we'll see what they do with those. But um, it is interesting that you know yet another company is moving into 767 freighter conversions. Thanks for unloading all of that information, Jeff. Um, I, you know, just moving right um, right up the border from the conversion hall and across the state line from AELF, we had a couple of uh, regional freighter developments this week as well, um, majority of which occurred with the Saab 340B. As we know, the Saab 340B um, has a distinct market share replacing the older Saab 340As, but we saw a, a few expansions for the uh, type, having carriers receiving their first. So Castle Aviation took one from Jetstream to pl uh, place with uh, Canadian Express Carrier Curalator, which is will be joining a, a, f a fleet of, I believe, let me, let me check my notes here. It was either, did Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Dash 8s that were in the Curalator yes, fleet. Yes, Dash 8 like, 100s. Which you don't see every day. And that's really ex exciting. You also had Ameriflight receiving its first Saab uh, 340B, and that's of a deal for 15. Now, uh, I also spoke to Castle shortly after expanding that story. They have a few other developments. They'll be um, receiving uh, their first jet aircraft um, for passenger service and having major expansions. Um, of their operating headquarters 
um, in Akron, which is really exciting to hear for them. Good, good, good job, guys. But the Solid 340 wasn't the only uh, regional freighter that we saw expansions for. We have um, Nautilus had selected its Pratt & Whitney engine platform for its 3.8-ton autonomous cargo aircraft. That's an aircraft that Nautilus hopes to have flying in a few short years. And they selected the Pratt & Whitney uh, 6A-67D. That, that variant we also see on the Beach 1900, uh, for those of you who are wondering. The engine is currently rated for operations of about 50% blend SAF. Also in the future aircraft industry, Reliable Robotics has reached a certification milestone with the Federal Aviation Administration filing uh, paperwork called the G1 issue paper. Now, what that paper discusses is the rules and conditions uh, that uh, Reliable Robotics will use to earn its uh, STC for its autonomous Cessna 206 caravan 208 i always get the 206 and 208s confused they both have a heavy heavy wheel but thanks for sure <laughs> yeah that the heavy nose nose gear one of one of which is a turbocharged engine and the other one um regular fuel injected i believe but that's all we have for today um or at least all i have to con contribute uh robert not to put you on the spot um, last week, we didn't get to mention it, but there was Salam Air. I'd love to he hear that again on the pod. Absolutely, man. Uh, Salam Air made uh, history by becoming the first operator to have an A321 P2F based in their uh, great land of Oman. And uh, they took that aircraft with the uh, combined support of Salam, uh, the airline, and uh, Sama Air Leasing with uh, Mazin Zahir, and they were able to uh, get the aircraft converted from ST Engineering and uh, get it delivered over to, in the airline's livery. And they are now officially uh, going to be soon begin uh, doing operations of conducting uh, cargo movements throughout the region. So it was a monumental uh, transaction as well as a historical moment for the region and for a small carrier that just originally started operations like about, what, six years ago? to already be making such huge leaps and bounds uh, in the cargo industry after only being... It actually isn't in the Salamis paint job just yet. Uh, oh, I mean, it? It was, okay. No, well. it was ferried over um, unpainted after conversion, still uh, having fragments uh, of the previous operator. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're going to make it look very presentable. But it will, thing. because I do like the Salami uh, paint job. It's going to be very colourful. Um, and I do look forward to seeing it. And it, it is actually pretty fascinating and impressive for Salame to be taking on an A321 freighter. Yeah, We've seen a lot that. of aircraft enter cargo service without their paint or even with a mishmash of uh, improvised paint. I remember um, Air, Air Belgium uh, seemed like it, it was a mishmash of paint with the Hyung Group um, and you, there was the Air Canada 767s that entered, were rushed into the service before hitting the paint job. With the uh, old Air Canada delivery. But yes, they're actually, and most notably, LATAM um, had one of their 767 BCFs. And in fact, it still is flying in this unpainted uh, green primer on the on the cargo door and, and all that. So they uh, like, obviously don't have time like to, to paint that aircraft just yet. 
Well, right. and, it's, and it's like, guys, we just need, we understand there's a pressing need to provide lift capacity, but come on, we we, we expect to see the, uh, the, the li- deliveries on the airplanes and the airplanes looking fly. We like do, but bear. most people. Oh, don't. speak for yourself. I, I like the old paints. Um, but with, with the lack of time, I'm going to say that that's all the time that we have for today. To those of you listening, Thank you. For more multimedia content like this, check out CargoFacts.com and search CargoFacts Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Join us again next time.